Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode just a couple days ago where Ryan and I came on and talked about the Kings as the preseason was going on and things were coming out of King's land. It was a fun episode. If you want to check that episode or any of our others out, you can always find those streaming wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. Is going on, everybody? I am excited to be here today, as usual. I'm drinking. Okay, no beer crack, but I'm drinking out of my big Stein. Right for you guys, know what a Stein is. Um, I have uh, three Michelob Ultras in this big Stein today, so I'm prepped and ready for the pod. So I don't got to crack any beers. I got to do anything. I'm ready to go. Um, real quick, before I forget, before we jump into everything else, season starts this week. Friday is the home opener, right? Let me make sure I get my days right. Friday is the home opener against Utah. Um, I do have two tickets available. I cannot make it. Uh, I, it really hurts me, but I'll be there on Sunday against the Warriors. But um, two, two uh, home opener tickets, section 125, lower level. Uh, if anybody wants some tickets, hit me up. Obviously, I'm not giving away for free, but, you know, slide in the DMs and, you know, we could work something out. Um, but that will be a, a common a common theme throughout the season. So if you guys are on here, you know, if you ever want home tickets, just hit me up and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. So um, other than that, man, I'm, you know, I'm excited to be here today. Maybe let's do this. Just hustling your, your, hey, your tickets already, huh? You gotta throw, gotta throw the plug in there real quick. Yeah. Just, I think that you just like to tell people that you got the season tickets and people <laughs> don't give a fuck. Honestly, they're just like, all right, bro, we fucking get it, you know, but I do, I do like, I do be telling all the people like, yeah, I'm a season yeah. ticket holder now, bro. You know, like, well, you know, Eric, all right. We've talked about on the podcast multiple times, you know, we grew up on the, uh, the lower end of the economic uh, scale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, grew, growing up with no cable and stuff, you know, and you know, fuck yeah, I got season tickets, bro. <laughs> we telling everybody, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, well, today, Ryan, is probably one of the fa- uh, my favorite things that we do on Kang's cast, and that's the uh, season preview. Now, typically, uh, we in the years past, we've broken this up into um, 
into two parts. So I think in Ryan, we probably going to do the same today. Um, as always, you know, we come on here and, and just talk about the Kings unscripted. So I think it's probably best just to do that, Ryan. Um, and I want to start it off, though, by kind of talking about last year. So I went back and listened to the ones from the last year just to kind of see what what the what people were saying going into the year last year, you know. And um, it, it's funny because a, a lot of the points that we uh, they made on there, some of them are still kind of kind of relevant now, you know. And I, I think that the most exciting thing that we were talking about a year ago that I'm looking forward to this year is depth, number one, and then versatility and lineups, uh, number two. And I want to expand on that as, as we're going because that's been kind of a theme for us on the show is those two things. Um, but I would say this offseason of all offseasons, the Kings finally put together like a real NBA team that makes some real sense, I think. Um, you've been talking about it for a while now. You brought up the point about how for the first time in how long the 11th, 12th guy on the bench, if they got released, they probably would get picked up, you know? Um, and that's saying something. I mean, the bar has been pretty low the last couple, couple years with not having that. So around Kingsland, a lot of excitement, a lot of people uh, really like what the Kings are doing. Um, but let's talk about the versatile lineups and just kind of pick on those, those bench players, maybe Ryan. And just kind of talk about how we might see their impact. Yeah, so I mean, uh, obviously the big, you know, the big point of emphasis it seemed like uh, from from Monty this off season was big man depth. Um, and you know, we'll just start off right there with you know, uh, you know, familiar face in Alex Len. Um, you know, Alex Len coming back to the team, I think you know, huge, right? Team, you know, Sacramento statistically last year was the worst defensive team in the history of the NBA. Um, so I think, you know, a big part of Alex Lynn is going to be, um, you know, being a bruiser, uh, crashing the boards and, you know, being able to, to fill minutes um, mainly when guys are when guys are out, you know, a guy like Tristan Thompson, um, obviously um, new face that came in is going to play a little bit more minutes than Alex Lynn, I, you know, from what I see. But um, it's going to be nice, you know, if Sean Holmes gets banged up, if, you know, um, Marvin Bagley, you know, God forbid, again, gets banged up. A guy like Alex Len is going to be able to fill those minutes. So, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night, you know, is, is, is probably what you're expecting with that. But um, he's going to fill that. He's going to fill that role. Um, there's there is going to be those nights, you know, and I brought this up last week on the podcast. You know, when you're playing Rudy Gobert and you just need a big fucking body to go bang with him. And that's where Alex Len's going to be valuable. So uh, really looking forward to, to him being back you know we wanted him to come back last year so um you know really just you know when alex lends your fourth man off the fourth big man off the bench man that's huge that you talk about depth you talk about again versatility lineup so very excited to have him back um you know go yeah, ahead, the go ahead. the i was one, yeah. so the so the, the 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 front court for sure more formidable there um the obvious conversation is is around all the guards and how how the kings are going to play that it seemed like they couldn't really go out and get the wings that they really wanted to, uh, yet, but they did bring back Montrez, not how can Mark Mo Harkless. My bad, I'm just like stuttering right now. Mo Harkless, they bring Mo Harkless back, mm -hmm. and then um, really running with HB. Do you think that's going to be a problem though, with the lack of wing depth? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a problem like the heavy on the so. guards and 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 not no, enough I, wings? I, you know, I don't think so because. Uh, you know, I, I think that Buddy Heald is going to play the three a lot. You know, Buddy's big. 
okay, like, you know, he, you know, Buddy might not be tall, but Buddy's thick and strong and Buddy can, you know, throw his weight around a little bit. You know, he's, it's not like he's a, you know, a six foot three guy who's just skinny, but he's, but he's thick, dude. He's a big guy. So um, I don't foresee it being an issue at all, really. Um, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about the three guard lineup and all that stuff. And I, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's where they're going towards. And, and, you know, the way the team's constructed, a lot of big men, a lot of guards. Um, so I can see them going, you know, for example, off the bench, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len, maybe together at the same time, you know, there's a, there's a real possibility of that with the three guard lineup. So um, I, I don't think I don't I don't really see an issue with the with the wing players at all. I'm kind of curious. I'm really curious, actually, to what the lineups are. Okay, that's always a, a interesting thing going into the season for the Kings because um, every year it seems like they add a lot of new pieces that end up playing minutes, and you just know how those guys are going to fit in. Um, and I I don't think the preseason is a good indicator of what you're going to do. And we talked about that on the last week's mm-hmm. episode, right, Ryan, where it was like sometimes in the preseason, they go out there and just put guys in situations just to give them reps. You know, 100%. just uh, we taught, we, we gave the example uh, last week of buddy, you're just going to get your, your trigger going, get, get the shot going, get comfortable. So take as many as you want, uh, you know, Mitchell. Okay. You're not going to really handle the ball maybe in, in the regular season. So let's get you some experience doing that or whatever the case, right. Experimenting. But um, I don't, I, I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, as they go in, what's your, what's your prediction? I'm putting you on the spot, right? First, you know, definitely give me what you think the starting lineup is going, is going to be, or what you think it should be. Okay. And then tell me this, do you think that the Kings are going to run out there with a continuous lineup? or you think it's going to change a lot in the first month, like all over the, do you think it's be all over the place? Okay. So a couple questions there. All right. What I think the starting lineup is going to be, I think night one, they roll out Darren Fox, Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Bagley, Holmes, right? That's what I think. That's what I think they do. What they should do. Okay. <laughs> you know, what, what they should do is they should roll the lineup from last year. They should roll out there. Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Bagley, and Holmes. That's what I think that what they should do. Um, as far as, you know, the changing of the starting five. Yeah. I think it's going to change. Um, you know, they play Portland, Utah, Golden State to to open up the season. I think that two of the three nights, there's a different starting lineup in there, right? So, you know, there's one night is going to be what I think they said, you know, what I think they're going to do with Halliburton on opening night. And then, you know, but I think um, eventually in those first three games, Buddy Heald will crack the starting lineup. And I think Buddy Heald is going to be a staple in the starting lineup. I think he should be, um, you know, throughout the season. So, um, as far as the, you know, as far as the big men, I don't see, I don't see, I mean, a barring injury, of course, I think Bagley's going to get the run, dude. I really do. I think he's going to get the run with the starting lineup. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know how much minutes he'll play, but I think he's going to get a lot of run barring injury. So, um, did I miss any of your questions in there? And you know, it's going to be a hot take, dude. It's going to be a real hot take. People are going to be like, Oh, fuck it, buddy. But hell up. You know, we'll see, right? It's hard. To, it's hard to call right now. Now you answered the questions there, and I think that it's. I wanted to ask that question about: Do you think it's going to change up a lot? Yeah. Um, just because the Kings do have some t- have tough games going into it, and you know, I think that three three fourths of it's figured out, or three fifths of it rather. That math didn't work. You know, I think yeah, HB. <laughs> I don't know HB, De'Aaron Fox, and Holmes for sure. 
for sure those guys are going to start. And I don't really see that changing all year. The, um, I I agree with you though, and we've said it that we do think Buddy Hill should start if it if it does go back to that kind of lineup like you said last year, where they have Bagley, you know, HB Holmes, and then it's really the the two guard. I think it will be. I think it would be Buddy in that situation, and I think yeah. that is people. A lot of people would think that's a hot take. Yeah, the you know, there's a possibility. Um, there's a real possibility of them putting Harrison Barnes at the four, you know, going Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Halliburton Fox. And we've talked about that. I like that lineup a lot. Um, but that doesn't give you, you know, then you worry about scoring off your bench. You worry about ball handling off your bench, right? You know, there's always ways to distribute, to distribute minutes out there, but, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, man. A lot of people are just automatically calling for Halliburton, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, I'm very, very curious of, of how they handle that, especially like a Warriors team, you know, they play the Warriors next Sunday, a week from today. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what the Warriors plan on doing, but you know, they have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and then Draymond. And then, you know, if they start Wiseman, a lineup against the Warriors would probably see Harrison Barnes at the four a lot, you know, Buddy Hield at the three, Halliburton and Fox, and then Holmes, you know. So it, it's going to be very interesting. But it's like we talked about in the beginning, versatility lineups that they have not had in years past, and this is a good problem to have. I was I was thinking about that, like what the small ball lineup, because the Kings fucking always do that, dude. They always, and you know, I'll I guess I should I'll explain how I feel. I'm not really a fan of of the of going so small all the time. I think that if you look at a lot of the good teams in the NBA, they're really big, uh, even and they are big even at the center and power forward positions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, there's a benefit to having a forward who can stretch it, but uh, there is another aspect of the game and in, in to be able to have interior defense to rebound that does mean something. A lot of people dismiss that, right, Ryan? We've in, yeah. in the past, as a lot of people have dismissed the the whole lack of rebounding thing. Um, because they're so hyper focused on the offensive side, but um, I know the Kings are going to try to do that because that's just what they've shown us that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where um, Harkless and Terrence Davis become um, valuable. And I think maybe that's what the Kings are showing is when they get when they went and got all these guards because yeah. you know they then they they can play Harkless at three. You know they can even take Holmes out at times and maybe put one big man in, you know, maybe just put Alex Len in. And when Allison was here last time, that's kind of what they did. Yeah. You know, you know having Harkless and, you know, there's cause either Harkless or Barnes can log minutes at the four, you know, they're kind of, they're interchangeable, but there's, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to see, you know, Tristan Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Mo Harkless, um, you know, Buddy and Davion Mitchell, for example, you know, just throwing two guards in. Those are the types of lineups you're going to see, but it's a good, it's good problem to have, dude. In years past, you could not do this at all, um, you know, and then, you know, it's going to take some getting used to, but I'm sure by the first month of the season, for sure, we're going to know, you know, that the lineups that run together and the different types of rotations, but I'm fucking excited, man. It's cool as shit, dude. It's, it is really, it's really cool to see. The, yeah, and it's like we started the conversation 10, 12 deep, whatever, you know. They got different lineups, they got pro players, they can handle an injury, you know, which is which is really something that's kind of got the kings in the last bunch of years. People getting up or multiple 100%. people even getting hurt. Um, you know, I yeah, th- that that's gonna be pretty much the huge benefit. It, it I think Ryan would be 
I would be a good time to put this out there because like I mentioned, I went back and we kind of reviewed the last year with some of our podcasts and a year ago, uh, everybody out there in Kingsland for the most part was pushing the tanking narrative, dude. Remember the tanking narrative? And, and it was, it was going into the year last year where people were pushing that narrative at that time, tank, tank, tank. They just wanted a top five pick in the draft. Um, well, they were pretty tank. much. You got to remember too. It wasn't just tank. It was tank and blow it up. It was it anybody, up. anybody besides De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton, you know, could go. Were were hey, there's the door. Get your top five pick. Blow it up and let you know. And they, slow, don't forget that part of it. Yeah, and it was like the push to slow play a rebuild, yeah. um, which you know, and and just get, keep getting these top picks and hope you get lucky in the lottery, uh, you know, and and then you get these these players and. Um, I, we were totally against that all the way to, to, to the point where people were just trying to argue with us on Twitter, you know, like those blogger guys arguing with us on Twitter and, and all of that. And, you know, I'm really happy that shit didn't happen is, is the point, you know, it's, it, and looking at this off season on what the Kings have done, not only with the, the talent, like we're talking about adding players that makes sense. Right. But they did a really good job with with uh, cap flexibility, which is something we always are about. Um, Monty McNair's shown that he's about cap flexibility and managing assets, and they did a, a pretty good job with that. And I think here we are going into the season where the Kings got a got a top ten pick and got a guy who uh, looks to be pretty cool, you know. And time will tell. You know how we are on rookies. You know we pump the brakes for sure, but there's reason to be excited about him into the year. But I just thought it was interesting to look back one year after we made it through the season, made it through the off season, and now that we enter into a, a, a this season, right? Kind of looked at looking back, had that happen, and honestly, how bad was that taken? And, and um, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't they say shit, but we don't ever look back and talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That that dude, we were all over that though. But you know, the tank, the whole tanking narrative, right? The whole tanking narrative is. You know, at what point does tanking stop? Okay, like, you know, at what point when, you know, that that was the biggest thing for us. It's like, dude, we've been trying to tank for 15 years. You know, there was those few years where they try to throw out a lineup, you know, with Rondo and Rudy Gay and Marcus Cousins and stuff. But for the most part, man, Sacramento was trying to tank. There was a lot of bad years with they just unlucky in the lottery or just, you know, just good enough to not get down there in the bottom lottery. When does when does it become, you know, when is it time to finally say, you know, screw it, we're not doing that no more. And, you know, our whole biggest thing was like, dude, you have fucking Darren Fox on the team. Okay, you have De'Aaron Fox on the team. You cannot fucking tank with that type of talent in his fourth, fifth years, right? He's going to his fifth year this year. You want to tank five years into that guy's career? Get the fuck out of here. You know, why would that guy want to stay around? Why would that guy a year from now not be like, nope, I'm out, right? At the trade deadline next year in 2023, be like, nope, fucking trade me. I'm out. I'm not doing this bullshit. You haven't surrounded me with anybody besides 19-year-olds, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's it's very it was always very interesting to me. It's like, you know, when you have a guy like Harrison Barnes, you have, you know, Rashawn Holmes, who you brought back, you have Buddy Heald, you have Halliburton, you know, and you had a top 10 pick in, in Davion Mitchell. Why tank? Why? It never made sense to me. And I'm glad they didn't. And things, you know, seem to have worked out. OK, but obviously, you know, it's a long season and anything can happen between here and the trade deadline in February. So um, but at the moment. You know, as as the, as the way you know the way things are looking, I'm happy they didn't go that route for sure. 
Yep, the tanking would have sucked. Imagine where we imagine where we'd be as fans at this at this time, with with a little bit better of a pick. You know, people I, were calling. Okay, people were calling to trade Buddy for nothing. Okay, literally, this is like high level people, right? You know, this is you know people who cover the Sacramento Kings, who you know who are getting paid to cover the Sacramento Kings. Were calling to trade Buddy for nothing, right? They were calling to trade Harrison Barnes for nothing. Right. Hey, let's just, you know, let's trade Buddy Heald for Matias Thibel. That's what guys wanted to do, man. And it was like, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Looking back, we never look back. Right. And, and looking back now, it's like, dude, you guys are fucking ridiculous. This roster is 110%, you know, in a better place than it was last year. And it's 100% better than it was at the trade deadline. Yeah. The, the, uh, I don't know, man. I never understood it at the time. It didn't make sense at the time. So, I mean, I guess I can't really like sit here a year later and try to make sense of it. Um, but it, yeah, you know, you judge those for their judge everybody by their takes, I guess, you know, and that was a take. And so um, it just, I, I think the Kings are really in an interesting, interesting position, right? And, you know, um, I, I, I just think that the Western conferences has changed a lot. I was looking at it a lot today. It's changing a lot. And I think at some point, um, when if you surround, like you said, De'Aaron Fox being just a um, just a stud, you know, that you, there should be an expectation that he can elevate the team at some point, right? Like everybody else does it. Everybody else does. It. Everyone loves John Morant, which we, we fuck John Morant. I think anytime we, we, we anytime John Morant comes up on King's Guest, it's it's fuck John for John Morant. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and then look at last year. Look at Devin Booker last year you know and there's a lot of guys around the league like that right where you just kind of surround them with a little bit of talent and they can make a little bit of a jump and it's not saying the kings are going to jump all the way to the fucking championship but you're jumping jumping from 10 10th seed the 11th seed that they've been that in that that area to to the seventh just because you gave De'Aaron fox players gave him fucking nba players you know that's not i don't think that's like that hard that was i don't think that was that hard to like four C, you know, and, and that's where any take that comes out into our direction that involves the Kings, just getting rid of a good player for no reason, you know, to make the worst take fucking ever Ryan is get rid of starter player to, so that so-and-so can get more minutes and develop. What the fuck is that? What is that? That's, that's a lazy booty take. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, like there was a lot of takes last year, dude. Hey, you know, they're literally people calling for Buddy Heald to get moved. So Kyle Guy could get minutes, right? Kyle Guy's not in the fucking NBA, right? That guy is a, is a G league player. That guy will be playing overseas within the next two years, you know? So, um, that, that's just a shit take. It's, it really was just a shit take. And we were saying it was a shit take from the beginning and, um, yeah, I, I, God, dude, I just never understood that, man. I, I never, I never made sense to me. Well, moving forward, the Kings didn't do that. Thank God. Thank God, yeah. you know. And they surrounded the, the, the Aaron Fox with those players. And, um, you know, Ryan, I'll ask this like, should we, should, uh, do you think that the Kings, you think the Kings make the playoffs this year? Do you think it's going to happen? <laughs> Uh, I, I, we, I thought we were going to hold off on this. 
We're, all right, so we're doing all right tomorrow. We're doing another podcast for you guys, Kay, and it was gonna be you know our predictions and everything. So um, Eric kind of unfairly just throws upon me, but you know what? I you don't I, have I, to. You know, let me preface this though. You don't have to go into the whole Western Conference or anything like that. Do you think you can just say it? Fuck it. Do you think that they're gonna make the playoffs? And you don't have to go too far into. Do you need to make the playoffs? <sighs> um. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think they do. I'll, I'll say it. I think they do. Yeah. God has some really, balls, dude. Yeah, I really, got I, really I really, think they do. You know, just, yeah, I, well, I'll talk more about it tomorrow, but I think they do. I, okay. Obviously, okay, you know, game two comes out, and God forbid somebody tears their ACL. Okay, things change, right? It's like Colin Coward says, you know, there's, you know, everything, you every re, situation, re, you know. Re, yeah, re, you, re-evaluate. Yeah. Every, everything's, everything's fluid, right? You know, situations change uh, every day, so. So, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I think they're going to make the playoffs, too. I do. Mm-hmm. And I and I think when we go into our reasoning and, and stuff on the next episode, um, I'll, I'll, I'll lay into that. But I, I think they I think they're going to. And, and the reason I, I kind of spoiled it and put it out there early, Ryan, is because it, it, it kind of ties in that take and that, um, you know, at, if, the, if we think the Kings are going to be this formidable going into the season, um, you know, why, why, why is that? I guess that's, that's why, why is that? You know, what players are going to be the ones that are going to, going to be the difference? Well, you, there's one player and it's Darren Fox. It's, you know, so, you know, you have Harris Barnes, you have Buddy Heald, you have Rashawn Holmes, you have these guys, Halliburton, you know, who, you know, a lot of people love it's, but it comes down to one person. Okay. It comes down to Darren Fox, you know, how many, you know, I would be very, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know this. Okay. But I would be very – I'm a firm believer that Darren Fox can average 27 points a game this year, okay? He was 25.8 last year, I believe, right? And the guy shot a poor percentage from the from the free throw line. You know, I, I'm a very firm believer he's going to average 27, okay? How many teams in the NBA have a, have had a 27 points per game score and missed the playoffs, right? I would, I would love to see that. You know, that's a – you know, like, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but – there's not a lot of teams out there that have that high level of a player that just don't make the playoffs. Like that's just not really kind of a thing. Right. So um, me being in the firm believer in Darren Fox and I am it's yeah, that's fuck. Yeah. That he's the reason not anybody else. It's is, is we're going to go as far as Darren Fox takes us. That's why I kind of put it out there is it was the conversation was kind of going that direction. And, and that's where I was saying was like, at some point when you have a guy like this, there's, there's got to be an expectation for them to, to elevate the team, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, that the Kings have done enough to put around him. And, and that's, that's that, that's the point there. Well, let's, let's Uh, be okay. So let's rephrase that real quick. So you've done enough to get into the playoffs. That's it. Okay. So like, you know, not enough to win a championship. We're not saying, you know, not enough to be the three or four seed, whatever they've, they've done enough to get them into the playoffs for sure. I think so. I, think I really so do well. think so. And, and, and one thing like you said there, okay, of course, if someone tears their ACL, you know, you rebel, yes, that's different, yes, but yes. like injuries, I would, I would even say that, and I, that I wouldn't necessarily need to qualify that even if the Kings have an injury, I still think that they can, they still have an, a good enough team to get in because every team that makes the playoffs deals with injuries. Right. That that's kind of the, that's kind of they the thing, do, right? They do they do, but not to their star players, right? Okay. Like you look at the Lakers, you know, look at the Lakers that first year LeBron was there, right? They're two seed. LeBron gets hurt, misses 35 fucking games. They don't they miss the playoffs, right? Like there's you know, there's 
you know, every situation's different, right? Yes, I understand that. So it, it's really it's even guys is missing games, not big injuries, but guys miss games here. Yeah, they might miss it. They might yeah. miss a week or they might miss just three games. Yeah, you jam so, your finger, you roll your ankle. Yeah, okay. That yeah. that stuff is part of the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's what I'm saying is that there's in in years past that's not been the case. In the years past, even last year, if everybody wasn't out there, all right, and had the had rest. The Kings were not winning. It was just that way, you know. Yeah, if if guys sure. missed games, the Kings had nobody. And I think that that's the that right there is the difference from being a fringe team to a playoff team. That's mm-hmm. kind of my that's kind of my point, right? It is because De'Aaron Fox, I do think, is that good. Um, and the Kings had like I don't know. They said enough. They they've done enough to add depth, and and that's 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 exciting. I think it's okay to be excited by that, dude. I think it's okay to have that take. I don't really know what a lot of other takes are right now when it comes to this stuff. I, I haven't really been consuming a lot of outside media. I saw Leo posted in King's land. So Cowboy kingdom, you know, they, they think they're going to make the playoffs. I did see that, but I haven't really seen anybody else's. And I don't really know what people are thinking. I think a lot of people well, feel this way. I think people are optimistic and feel this way, but are cautious. You know, they're just cautious to say that I think. Yeah, a lot of people, nah, yeah, a lot of people. I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of people out there. All those people who were calling for the taking last year to blow it all up. There's a lot of people out there that see Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and Darren Fox, and they're calling, you know, they they just want something bad to happen at the beginning of the season for us to trade away Harrison Barnes, Buddy Hill, trade the guys away and blow it all up, dude. And and you know, build around those three guys. There's a lot of people like that, dude. So I would say it's more not people being cautious. I would say it's more people just kind of waiting. Yeah, let's wait two weeks, right? Let's you know, let's wait two weeks and see how things go, and then I'll make my then then you'll start hearing predict you know uh, predictions by Thanksgiving. You're gonna start seeing a lot of people out. Oh, oh, playoffs or no playoffs? Just blow it up, blow you know. So it's a lot of people just you know. They're just too scared to put those opinions out. You got to respect Cowbell Kingdom for coming out and saying that. You know, it it, it takes balls to come out and say, yeah, these they're going to make the fucking playoffs after fuck, dude. Was it sixteen years now? You know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people won't do that. So yeah, they they won't they won't make that take. They won't make that take. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll have to go into it because this this can be such a longest episode, and we'll definitely go into this more, Ryan, when we start talking about all those teams in that tier and what our thoughts are on them. Um, but you know, I hadn't asked you, I hadn't asked you about this, if what you thought, you know, we don't, we didn't really, we didn't talk about this. We kind of save a lot for the podcast. So that's interesting to hear, um, about that. Let's go through, let's go through some players, Ryan. And let you, you say, let's play like a quick game. You okay. talk about, you talk about, uh, you know, maybe what we'll talk about what the role you think it might be. Uh, maybe we'll talk about what people think they're going to be. Cause I think some people think that some guys are going to have some type of role when, they, I don't think they will, or vice versa. You know, so let's kind of play that game, I guess. All right. Well, let's so, let's do this real quick. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna name the players, okay, and then we'll we'll I'll name the players that we're gonna talk about if we do that because we're not going we're not going the bottom. All right, so it's gonna be like Holmes, Lynn, Thompson, Bagley, Barnes, Harkless, Mitchell, uh, Buddy Heal, Darren Fox, Halliburton, Terrence Davis. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And like, don't give me, you know, don't give me, give me the top nine, 10, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. So let's start off with, let's, let's pull a name out of hell. What would be the fun, a fun one to start off with first? Um, let's talk Davis. about, Terrence yeah. Davis. Okay. Let's Ter- start Terrence talk, Davis. Go ahead. Like, we can start about, start with Terrence Davis. So 
Here's the thing about Terrence Davis. Uh, I saw this post on Kingsland the other day because he went off. He he did score. He did score. Terrence Davis, I'll say, one of those guys on the roster that can kind of get buckets and bunches, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that I don't really think Halliburton does that. I don't think mm-hmm. – I, I mean, I'm not going to count on Dave Mitchell do that. Not, honestly, HB doesn't really do that. Nope. Um, the only guy that – there's two guys on the roster that do that. Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox. There's the only guys that can get buckets yeah. and bunches. Yeah, when, buddy, when Buddy's hot, man, he scores with yeah. the best. They, 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 sure. they, yeah. can, they can score quickly. So he is one of those guys. So I think there's a role for him on the team. Um, but I think I mean, like, oh, it's always pegging everybody fucking against each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, uh, okay, I'll go. I'll go. Don't worry about yeah, it. I got just this. Take it away. Got this. Take it away. Okay, so, you know, Terrence Davis, he's going to play, you know, if I had to put it 20, 20 minutes a night, right? Like not counting in anybody else. If I had to think, you know, Terrence Davis plays 20 minutes a night. There's minute, you know, there's times where, where Terrence Davis is, um, you know, closing out the lineups at the end of games. There's times where he's on the bench. It's all, like you said, dude, he's a microwave man, right? So if he's heating up, he's, they're going to roll with him, but I don't think he has a consistent role in the lineup to where it's like, okay, you can come out and say, Hey, Terrence Davis is going to close out the fourth quarter night or he, you know, we know he's not going to be in the starting lineup ever. Right. Like I highly doubt he's in the starting lineup at all this season. So um, his role is purely going to be on how are you feeling tonight? Are you shooting well? Are you getting buckets tonight? And um, it it's a good thing to have, right? I told you the other day, we were talking about him on the phone, and I said, he reminds me of like a young, a young, young J.R. Smith, a guy who, you know, a little athletic, can score. He can shoot. He can get to the bucket, you know. So um, for him, it's going to be all kind of feel. If, if Terrence Davis is cooking, right, and he gets, you know, seven shots up in the first half and he's five for seven, he's going to play himself into more minutes at end of games. But, you know, if, if I'm supposed to, you know, if you want me to come out here and say he's playing 25 minutes a night, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So he's going to be, it's going to be fluid, right? It's going to depend on how Burton's going to depend on, Hey, is buddy fucking up tonight? You know, is buddy one for 12 from three point line, you know? So um, there you go. All right. So, yeah, I think with him, I, I think it's going to be a little bit less on the minutes personally. Uh, but I think at the end, I do want to power rank some of these guards to put it in perspective because there's there's a lot. All right, let's ask another one. Uh, Mo Harkless does Mo Harkless play play a lot? What do you think his role is? He's gonna have to. He's gonna have. I do to. too. I do He's too. So have to. when you when you play when you play against bigger teams, okay? When you go play Utah, you know, when you go play, you know, if you're playing Denver and Denver's got you know Michael Porter Jr. at the three that night, and they're not playing him, you know. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be, um, you know, opponent. Whoever they're playing is is when his minutes are gonna come. So, um, a lot of people see the all oh, that three guard lineup, but you know that's not possible a lot of times. It's not. Go ahead. I I think that he is going to be the seventh guy off the off the bench off yeah. and and yeah. Uh, uh, off, off the bench. bench. Second, second, second guy, guy the bench. off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, he's been the seventh guy for the team though. Yeah, I think Albert's six yeah. man. I think Harkless plays it that much. I do, yeah. and, and 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 they showed that to us last year. They he did play a lot. He did yeah, play a he, lot. He gives you that versatility. Yeah. So I, I, it's not that he plays hell of minutes, but I think he's, he he like the most. I don't know. I guess if he's seventh, he does play a lot of minutes. He's gonna play a lot of minutes. He he may start some games. I guess. He, I think he could start some games too. Yeah. He Just, yeah for sure for sure. That, that that's why I think he's gonna kind of be up there. Um. Okay, this one is okay. Tristan Thompson. I I, I want to start with this one, right? Because Tristan Thompson. I got a hot take. Yeah, is you do? Yeah. Okay, I'll, ahead, I'll, ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the hot take, but it's Tristan Thompson's cool. Tristan Thompson can rebound. He's played a lot of minutes on a lot of good teams. 
Um, he does, he's big, you know, uh, I think that's valuable. And, you know, there, whatever his role is going to be, it's going to be, I'm not sure the Kings do such weird things. It's so hard to predict. I really don't know because I like Alex Lynn too, but I also like Bagley. I call him. So it's, that's, it's kind of interesting to see what, what they they want to do with him. But I would say when it comes to Tristan Thompson, fucking hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. Cause still, I put a tweet out the other day about how many people, how many, I said, how many people are still emotional about the DeLon Wright trade? That was so weird. I think I talked about it in the last episode mm-hmm. about how you people did. said, you yeah, that he was like the best backup point guard in the league. And that's crazy. But uh, Tristan Thompson expiring deal coming in. I think people are going to really like him when they fucking hated on him when he came over. So that's kind of my prediction for him. Hot take. Okay. For real, this is people are going to lose their minds over this, but I was thinking about this a lot over the weekend, you know, and what got me thinking on it was somebody on, on Facebook had posted and, you know, I don't want to shout out other groups, but somebody on bench mob had posted, who leads the team in rebounds? Okay. And I'm not saying Tristan Thompson will lead the team in rebounds, you know, but Rashawn Holmes was the number one answer on there. And I was, you know, I got to thinking, and I think that Rashawn Holmes numbers are going to be down this year because Tristan Thompson is going to play very well. Tristan Thompson is a very good offensive rebounder. He's a very good defender. And I think there's a real possibility that Tristan Thompson plays a lot of minutes on this team. I do. He's How not many minutes. The- like what? Well, you know, you look at it last year, Rashawn Holmes off the top of my head. He played less than Hal Burton, I remember. So I had 29 and a half minutes was Rashawn Holmes last year. I mean, there's a real possibility Rashawn Holmes minutes go down to 25, right? And, you know, I can't do the math right now, but, you know, Tristan Thompson plays 20. There's a real possibility of that. And there's a real possibility that at the end of the year, when you compare statistics, that Tristan Thompson statistically could have, you know, a comparable season to Rashawn Holmes. There's a real possibility of that. He's not getting the Rashawn Holmes treatment. Okay. That guy is in the prime of his NBA career. Okay. He he's not, it's not like Tristan Thompson's 33, 34 years old. He's in the prime. He looks like he's in shape. He's hungry. He wants to play. And I, I think there's people are going to be a little shocked of how much he plays. And, you know, a lot of people talking about Rashawn Holmes and how great, well, you know, at the end of the day, they're only paying Rashawn Holmes, what, $11.4 million, right? You know, if Tristan Thompson digs into those minutes a lot, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So um, don't be surprised. That's my hot take right there. Tristan Thompson, you know, might steal the show. Interesting. Yeah, people are going to lose their shit at you. You oh, know that, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. He played, he played uh, you know, 43 games he started last year, 23 minutes a game he put game. He played last year. If he plays, if he plays twenty three minutes a game, that means Rashawn Holmes is not playing twenty nine and a half like he did last year. It's not. Not enough minutes to go around, right? There's not. You know, Bagley. Bagley's. I would, as a as a person who loves who loves uh big big men, you know, I think maybe just the era of basketball we grew up in. Uh, I would love for the Kings to do shit like that. I would love to see two big men. Just big stout guys in the middle. I'd love that. Um, I don't trust that they'll do it though. I just go based on what they've done. You know, that we talk about on here, like people show you who they are. And the Kings have kind of shown us who they are. They they do not want to commit to that shit. They wanna they wanna play this up tempo game and um, but 
wait and see. You never know, man. You never know. I think that I'm I agree, right, though. I'm calling it right now. Tristan Thompson this year is going to steal minutes from Rashawn Holmes. And for all these people that think Rashawn Holmes is going to have this, you know, you know, the last since Rashawn Holmes has been here, he's elevated his game, right? He was a career just like five points a game guy, right? Four rebounds, whatever. He comes to Sacramento and he's 12 and seven. And then this year he goes 14.8 and eight and a half off the top of my head, maybe nine. Right. For people that think he's going to make another jump to 15, 16, and 10, it's not going to happen. Tristan Thompson's here and he's a baller, dude. He's Tristan Thompson is an is a legit NBA big man. Okay. He's not, it's not Hassan Whiteside, you know, where he's a specialist. He's a legit NBA player, dude. And he's started on an NBA championship team. You know, he played 23 minutes on a Boston Celtics team. Like he this guy's gonna fucking play, dude. So just everybody be prepared for that. I think it's I I think it's great. I would love that. I I would love it, dude. I think that's great. And it's nothing um, against Rashawn Holmes. It's just the fact of the matter. Let's be real about the situation. So, sticking in the big man category, we can you know talk about these 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 guys. But um, Marvin Bagley, I want to say that I think I think one of the keys to the Kings being a, a playoff team this year or being a good team this year is is Marvin Bagley staying healthy and playing. Um, I did see one of those polls. Who's going to be the Kings' leading rebounder? And personally, I think if Marvin Bagley plays minutes, he he will be. Personally, I think so. that's yeah. what I think. Um, we know his statistical baseline was like fourteen and seven at twenty yeah. what twenty three minutes or twenty five minutes. That we know that's yeah. kind of what the numbers he puts up. Um, you know, he he doesn't play defense. Everybody who I read, they all say that he's like one of the worst defenders. So I guess I'll take that. You know, and it, it is valid, uh, but. I, yeah, I think that I think the Kings are going to have to count on him this year to to play because there's an expect there's been expectation from him too. I mean we we have we have kind of been soft on him and a lot of it we've talked we did a whole episode on it. Honestly, we've been a little bit soft on Marvin Bagley because the injuries are kind of shit you can't control and they happen. That's pretty much that. And he's tried to get back on, but he keeps getting hurt. And then in addition, we I you know we've said in the past we don't think that team the teams really supported him when it came to kind of catering to his skill set. When you draft a guy that high, that's what you have to do, and they didn't do yeah. that. So we've made that pass for him. But at the same time, like healthy coming into the year, okay, this is another year. Um, there should be an expectation for him to come in, and I do think he'll live up to that. And I think that um, he'll be a pretty productive player this year. I do. Yeah, barring injury, I think Marvin Bagley is 16 points a game, nine, 10 rebounds. I really, I really believe that. And, you know, he's going to get his minutes at the four, right? They, you know, they're going to want to spread it out, you know, and the guy does shoot, you know, honestly, like he, he shoots pretty well from the three pointer, you know, like I saw a thing today that, you know, there's the video of him beating Darren Fox out on three point shootout, which fucking means nothing at practice, right? Um, but I think that Marvin Bagley, can make a little bit of a step this year and uh and play very well the only the only thing to that is right the only thing is it is a crowded backcourt okay and if sacramento does or excuse me front court thank you if sacramento does commit to that three guard lineup like everybody fucking is assuming okay if if they do do that i can see them like i said playing with sean holmes tristan thompson together Okay, and that would hurt Marvin Bagley's minutes because, like you said, he's fucking terrible on defense. So he's the one that I'm just, you know, I believe in Marvin Bagley, but I'm not willing to be here. You know, just he's going to do, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So 
Well, we're going to find out real fast, dude. If Bagley's in the starting lineup the first few days, dude, we're going to know where his role is. So, yeah, yeah. So we've gone soft on him, but he's going to play. If he's healthy, he's going to fucking play. He's good. He is good. And people like to, you know, and say, no, Eric, he's not that good. He's good. Okay. He's good. He just, it, and I think it'd be cool to see that this year. So I'm rooting for that. Um, Alex Land, though. Kind of fits in. It's crowded. You know, I don't need to spend too much time on him. Look at how they used him in the past. They used him uh, primarily. They started him when Rashawn Holmes had gotten hurt the last time he was here. Um, and he, they started him with Harry Giles. But then, you know, I think in the bubble, they, they brought him off the bench and played. I'm sure he'll he'll fit in, play spurts, depending on matchups. Some nights he'll play more. Some nights yeah. he'll play less. But uh, he, he's a guy who is... Uh, he blocks shots and he does get boards for sure. That guy does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really, I really like him, you know, I, I, in a perfect, not a perfect world, but like in my, I, I would love, like I said, I'd love to see a center. I'd love to see a center power forward, you know, go out there and a guy like that to play more, but that's not where the league is. Maybe, or uh, maybe that's not where the Kings yeah. want to be. I, I don't know. I mean, other teams do it, but the Kings seem reluctant to, to, to utilize their roster that way. Yeah. Alex Len's going to get that Hassan Whiteside treatment from last year. Right. You think so. I, I think so. But, you know, you go look at Hassan Whiteside, you know, like his minutes and say, you know, it ended up being decent, right? Like his statistical output when he played was, was well, but he was very situational, right? If a guy was banged up, I'm in. I played a lot of minutes. There was games where, you know, Hassan Whiteside started a few or he played 25 minutes, but then he wouldn't play for three games after that because, you know, situation situations change. So he's going to be that guy, but that's, it's a good problem to have, man. When, you know, like I said earlier, when he's your fourth big man off the bench, man, you got to be happy with that. That's 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 awesome. Uh, Davion Mitchell. So Davion Mitchell, I think. All right, man. I'm usually not that high on rookies, but I, I think that he's gonna he's gonna play and he's gonna be pretty good this year. I do. I think he's gonna be pretty good. Um, I think they're gonna throw him out there a lot. I wonder. Do you think? Do you okay? Do you think that in like nine months? when we're talking about the end of the season and recapping everything that are not, I don't even know if it's not been six months, whatever the case, right. That do you think that we're going to say that Devon Mitchell's rookie year was better than Tyrese Halliburton's rookie year? Are you going that far? If Sacramento makes the playoffs, right. If Sacramento makes the playoffs for sure. You know, this is a thing for about Davion Mitchell, what everybody needs to understand. Okay. The guy's not going to average 13 points per game. Like, like Tyrese Halliburton did. He's not going to average, you know, 13, five and five, like Halliburton did. It's just not going to happen. Right? That's what Halliburton averaged, right? You know, just off the top of my head, maybe it's 12. Anyways, he's not going to have that statistical output. Okay. Because they're not going to ask that from for everybody saying, Oh, he's shooting such a high clip from the three point line, but that's not what they want from him. Right. He, he's going to be out there to just straight harass dudes and tire guys out when Darren Fox needs a break. Okay. Yeah, that that's that that it is what it is, you know. So I don't think he he scores at the clip that everybody thinks he does, but I think defensively he's every bit as advertised for sure, for sure. And that's why I think they're going to have to find ways to to get him on the on the court. They're going to find ways to get him on the court, and I just see him being. Uh, I don't think I don't think he starts. I don't think he starts no, games. No, no. no I, sure. I don't think he starts games at all all season. But I think he plays a lot. All right, how, let's power rank all the guards, Ryan, because, you know, we, we've pretty much talked about all the bench rotational players, which is what I want to do. I mean, I think everybody's we got our takes on. We know what De'Aaron Fox, we talked about him elevating his game, you know. But let's power rank all the, all the guards, and then let's talk about Buddy and how he fits in to all of that. All right, so for me, Fox, number two, I think is Buddy Heald. Then number three, I think it's Halliburton, four, Mitchell, five, Terrence Davis. That's what I think. 
Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's it it just kind of you know situation dictates what's going to happen, right? So like it's hard for me to sit here and be like, you know, as much as I love Buddy Hill and as much as I think is you know Buddy Hill shooting is important to this team, um, you know, it's hard. So I I'm gonna bitch out, okay, and I'm gonna have. Halliburton at 2.5 and Buddy Hield at 2.5. Okay, I, I am because I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm i such a firm believer that Buddy Hield is a great three-point shooter. And he's a very important against, you know, against next to Darren Fox. But um, after that, I think, yes, it's Davion Mitchell at four and then Terrence Davis at five for sure. Um, but there is going to be times, man, I'm telling you, dude, people, there's going to be times where Terrence Davis plays a shit ton of minutes. There's just going to be those times because he's fucking hot, dude. That's just the type of player he is. And you think, he those... t- you think he takes away minutes from Buddy Hield? I don't think he takes minutes from Buddy Hield. I think he takes minutes from... Davion Mitchell? No, from Hal- uh, from Halliburton. I, I think there's... there's I think Halliburton, you know, I think he takes minutes from Halliburton because, you know, people, you know, everybody thinks Halliburton's going to make this big jump. And all. I don't think Hal- Halliburton's not a scorer. He's not. You know, I don't think Halliburton comes out and averages 18 to 20 points a game. He's just not going to. You know, there's going to be times where Halliburton, you know, is just not really scoring. He's a he's a primary ball. You know, he should be a primary ball handler in a in a you know in a perfect world. But I think Terrence Davis, um, he's going to be the weird one, man. That yeah, we have him ranked at five, but there's going to be games where if Bud, like I said, Buddy's one for 12. You know, where fuck Terrence Davis get in. You know, we need a spark. Hey, De'Aaron Fox isn't playing well today, and we you know. You know, he's not putting up Hey, Terrence Davis. You need to play those minutes. You need to give us buckets. So um, it's very interesting. It's very strange, man. When do you ever have five guards on a team like this? You yeah. Know, almost never. No, it's interesting. The, uh, the thing about Hal Burton, I've said this before. I went on a, uh, a podcast a couple weeks ago, Kings podcast, Ryan, I got invited on and I made this take and the guy hosting it, um, it was nine one six kingdom. Got to give them a shout out. So I did, I did that podcast and, and the guy hosting it, Jacoby, um, I talked, I, I kind of posed this, this question to him or he, to me or something like that about how, who, you know, buddy healed versus Alberton. And one thing we've made the point on here and I made on there, which, which is that Alberton, you've said he's he, in a perfect world. He's the, he's a point guard. He is the point guard. He is mm-hmm. the guy, you know? Um, that's why I don't, the fit next to De'Aaron Fox is always going to be weird to me. Um, but the thing about Halberton, he's the ideal candidate for for uh, uh, a legit sixth man because he you is. can insert him anywhere in the game with any lineup. You can. He can play off ball. He can have the ball. You know, he can do both. And so that's why when it comes to the 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 roster and the rotation, I I really think like you said, like the the Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis thing. Those guys are going to rotate playing with a lot of minutes with. Um, with Tyrese Halliburton, that's that's what I think. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't think that Buddy Hield needs to play thirty three minutes. I don't think anybody really needs to play that many minutes. I think there's going to be besides Darren Fox, two guys playing like that: Darren Fox and Harrison Barnes. He just plays hella minutes, and he yeah. will he will yeah, play he will. a lot. Yeah, He'll play a lot. Besides that, I don't really see anybody pushing crazy minutes. I think that's the benefit of it this year. But that's why you know Tyrese Halliburton off the bench just makes the most sense because he can be inserted really with anybody at any time. And, and one of the, when it, when it comes to the guards, there is a major hole that 
I think a lot of Kings fans don't recognize that if Hal Burton's playing on the court a lot with with De'Aaron Fox, is that there literally there isn't really anybody to distribute the ball with when with those two guys aren't playing. Mm-hmm. You know, who who's who who who's going to distribute the ball? It's, no, it, I know. I I, I, Davis, I, I completely Buddy Hield, Davion Mitchell, and those guys aren't going to do that. So, um, I think that a lot of you're gonna. What I predict is is what's going to happen last year. Is what happened last year is a lot of people were calling for that. We want to see Halliburton and Fox together, but really they were used. They were kind. Of, they kind of like, you know, uh, played together. They they overlapped a little bit in minutes, but a lot of their minutes were separate because of that. And I really think that the Davion Mitchell, the Davis, the Buddy Hill, the Harkless, those guys, they're there so that the Kings can do that, and that every lineup was is more formidable. That's really how I see those guys getting used. And yeah, it's all going to come up to matchups and, and situational stuff like that, you know, but the guard thing, would you say that that is the most, uh, the hottest topic right now, the most like, or most interesting in, topic in King, to you in Kingsland? Yeah. Well, yeah, you think- it's, it's both. It's the, you know, it's the hottest topic is the most interesting and it's, you know, cause you have five guys who can play. You have five guys that if they're on, you know, another team that they're getting meaningful minutes and it's how do you distribute and how do you, you know, how do you balance the act out when you know that you for sure have Darren Fox as the, the clear number one guy, like he's a superstar. Okay. So you really have one position, you know, Darren Fox can play 33 minutes a game. You have 15 minutes of Darren Fox's time and 48 minutes of that other time. So what's that come out to 63 minutes. Okay. You have 63 minutes to, you know, give guys four guys, meaningful minutes, dude, how do you distribute that? How do you do that night in and night out and allow guys to get in a rhythm, you know, especially with a guy like buddy healed, who's a rhythm guy, you know, if buddy, you know, buddy's best attribute is when buddy's over six, buddy's pulling fucking number seven, no questions asked, dude, that's his best attribute. In my opinion, you know, the confidence to, to, to step in and like, no, I'm a fucking shooter. I'm gonna knock this down. How do you, how do you get into those situations and how do you allow everybody to thrive in in 63 fucking minutes dude it's it's going to be insane it, it's going to be wild can't wait you know one thing i think for the next episode i'm, I'm going to tease that i'm going to i'm going to talk about it's going to be coaching you know we didn't talk about coaching uh on this episode but um i kind of have a whole thing about the coaching and how i think luke walton this is this is really his time um right here we we have definitely said in the past that luke walton didn't get a fair shake Two COVID fucked up seasons, a bubble and shitty off seasons of rosters the last two years. That's what that guy got served. So let's give him a fair shake, which is this team is a fair shake. And he's got a, a bit of a conundrum, which is the, uh, you know, the rotation of players and how to allocate minutes, um, how to utilize guys to their strengths. You know, uh, a lot of NBA coaches can do that. It's going to be on Luke Walton. I, and I think I want to highlight that on the next episode. Um, Ryan, so, so to tease a little bit of other stuff for the next episode, um, what we, we want to do is definitely come out with our NBA predictions, uh, bring out the whole Western conference. I think Ryan, we can explain a little bit better on why we think the Kings are going to get into the playoffs and maybe what it's going to take, um, from them and not take from, I guess, from other teams for them to do that. Um, and then always play our favorite, which is, uh, you know, the questions game. So, um, you know, bleeding score. Uh, most overrated shit like that. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That one's going to be fun. Uh, Ryan, I definitely want to shout out Ziggy's before the episode closes. Um, Really looking forward to them for the season um, and getting season tickets with you and everything. I think that's going to be fun. 
Um, you know, shout out Gus and go visit him down there uh, in Stockton uh, and Tracy um, and check that out. And then really, Ryan, just looking forward to the season, dude. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. And we're active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So check that out. If you want to leave us a five-star review, please slide down after the show and do so. It really does help us uh, and get recognition to other Kings fans just like you. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.